You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You can spend your whole life working and laboring and doing mostly right and just sinning with the sins of your thoughts or whatever. And, and listen, it's not a matter of good outweighing bad. It's a matter of whether or not Jesus' righteousness is added to your account. And this crooked politicians today, don't worry about them. You know what? They're going to have their day in court. They may not ever hold each other accountable. And they may have wiggled their way out of us being able, as the, we the people, to hold them accountable. But one day they will be held accountable to Almighty God. Chances are you've thought to yourself at least once that it seems as though our political leaders get a free pass when it comes to justice. However, did you know that this is nothing new? And the Bible actually alludes to this reality several times. In today's message, Pastor Gary will encourage you to take heart in knowing that God can and will hold every person accountable to their sin. In his study, you'll be reminded of the importance of trusting in the blood of Christ for salvation and trusting in God's sovereignty. Now, here's Pastor Gary in Habakkuk chapter 1, as he continues his message, welcome to a work of God. He said, verse 14, uh, these people, they make men as the fish of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. Basically saying these political powers are treating people like they're commodities. And isn't that the way it is today? They treat us like we're commodities. If, if you can't improve their bottom dollar, they're not interested in you. You're like a number to these wicked people that rule in so many places in the world today. And the Bible said they take up all of them with the angle. They catch them in their net and gather them in their drag. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. He said, Lord, not only are they doing it, but they're having a good time doing it. They're acting like they don't have a care in the world and they actually enjoy making our lives miserable. And that's the way politicians are today. They're corrupt as the day is long. Amen. Most of them, if they'd operate like NASCAR, they should wear all of the people that bought them on their shirt so we would know who sold them out. Amen. That's exactly right. And probably all of them, if not most of them, I believe there's some Christians in politics. Don't get me wrong. Buddy, it's getting hard to be a Christian and be a politician. It's getting hard. Why? Because these politicians... They're under the deception of the God of this world. Their minds have been blinded, and they don't even see the destruction and the chaos that they're causing in the earth today. Their number one interest is protecting me, myself, and I, keeping my power, my money, and my sex, God, for, for all that wickedness that they get involved with to keep themselves living it up or whatever. It's, it's all about that mess for them, and they don't care. Now, the question is, does Jesus care that that's what they're doing to us? Of course he cares. But you need to understand something. Just because they look like they're in control don't mean they're in control. In fact, God may be allowing them to be set up for a big fall. Amen. In fact, if you read on, that's what God told Habakkuk about the Chaldeans. Uh, eventually, he tells Habakkuk, even the Chaldeans are going to have their day in court. Amen. 
And so God's going to keep us all accountable. God's going to hold us all accountable. But the point is, listen, just because there's a lot of craziness going on in this world, just because every stinking politician has about lost their ever-loving mind, it doesn't mean that God's through working in America or for America or for this church or for this community. Amen? Just know that there's a bigger thing going on than what we can understand or realize and learn to thank God for what He's doing in your neck of the woods. Amen, church? God works in unruly places. He's still in control. I wish I had time to read all of this. I didn't realize how big a message this was until I started preaching it. Amen. But look at God's response in verse 8 of chapter 2. I'm talking about God working in unruly places. You know what this is? This is God's response to Habakkuk asking him why he ain't done nothing about it yet. Look what God says. Now God is chiding with the Chaldeans, the wicked people. Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. God said, you're going to have your day. You keep on abusing people. You keep on keeping your power in place and making your power plays at any expense to anybody but you and yours. You keep on, and even the remnant, the very few that are left over are going to end up being the ones to spoil you. See, not all power, but only power that is eternal is God's power. He raises up kings. He sits kings down, right? Amen. Amen. And he said, Woe to him, verse 9, that coveteth an evil covetousness to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people and hast sinned against thy soul. God preaching to the wicked today uh, and this could be applicable to the politicians both in America and around the world. Amen. Uh, that are w- ruling wickedly and said verse 11 for the stone shall cry out uh, to the wall and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Basically what God is saying you may shut the people up uh, but there's going to be a voice crying out somewhere uh, and even the voiceless shall be heard because I am God and I hear every cry. Amen. Verse 12, Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establisheth a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity. God said, This is of me. I'm going to let the people suffer under your persecution until I'm ready to raise them back up and give them the upper hand and put you back in your place. Verse 14, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. God's basically saying by the time I get through uh, right now, they're trying to shut me up. They're trying to shut my book up. They're trying to shut my people up. But by the time it's all said and done, my name will be heard on every street corner and on every broadcast network. My, my name will be filled. It'll fill the earth and my glory will fill the earth. And I'm telling telling you today, uh, don't you fret and don't you worry and don't you stress uh, over all those people that seem like they're in power and they're silencing us because one day uh, God's going to get the last laugh. And are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, The whole earth shall be filled with the glory of God and you will not be able to hide from His presence or His voice or His word and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I'm telling you, I reckon in days are coming today. Amen. Amen. Give God some praise and glory. 
Hallelujah. God shall be heard. Psalm 2 said it this way, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. But then the Bible said, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. That word means uh, he will have them being despised, shamed, and disgraced. Don't you worry about them. God will take care of them. Amen. Now you may try to take care of them and you'll try in vain. The Bible says, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will repay, saith the Lord. You know what you do? You hide under the shadow of the Almighty and let he who is the judge of all people Take the vengeance out on your behalf that needs to be taken out and you let God be the judge. Amen. God will shelter you and He'll judge them. He will. And He'll take care of His own. I'm talking about God doing a work in the midst of these crazy years. I want to say that judgment is coming. And I, I, I want to say to the crooked politicians that might be, by chance, listening to my voice either on radio or internet, your days are coming. And I hope you enjoy the wine while it lasts. Amen. Because there's coming a day that you'll face the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God where He treads out His wine press. And you're not going to like that wine when you take a drink of it. Because you will face judgment. It's better to face them now in humility and repentance and receive the grace that's needed for forgiveness of sins than to face them on judgment day because you'll either confess them now or you'll confess them then. But the difference in timing determines whether you'll spend eternity in heaven or in hell. And yes, I'm an old-fashioned preacher and I believe in hell. I believe it's literal, I believe it's real, and I believe it's eternal. And I believe that if except we repent, we shall all Likewise, perish and spend eternity in a place called the lake of fire. And you need to be born again. I believe that the Bible says uh, there's no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you'll not be saved. Buddha, Muhammad, all them dead gods and them dead religious founders, they can't help you. They're, they're dead and in the grave and might I add, they're in hell too because they didn't trust Jesus as their Savior. I know this sounds offensive and I'm not implying anything, but even if Mother Teresa didn't put her faith in Jesus Christ, you know where she would be today? She'd be in hell because you don't go to heaven or hell based on your works, based on the works of Christ. Amen. And you can spend your whole life working and laboring and doing mostly right and just sinning with the sins of your thoughts or whatever. And, and listen, it's not a matter of good outweighing bad. It's a matter of whether or not Jesus' righteousness is added to your account. And this crooked politicians today, don't worry about them. You know what? They're going to have their day in court. They may not ever hold each other accountable. And they may have wiggled their way out of us being able, as the, we the people, to hold them accountable. But one day they will be held accountable to Almighty God. Amen. And number four, I want to say this. When God works, God's works are unstoppable in His providence. They are unstoppable in His providence. No matter the people... No matter the preachers. And by the way, I didn't talk about false prophets. You know what? God's bigger than them too. They, they can deceive the masses. But you know what? God's still got a work going on. Amen. Regardless of the 
preachers, the people, the places. I need you to know that God is doing something. God's work is unstoppable. He said, I will work a work in your day. So, if you come dragging your feet to church next Sunday, discouraged about the way this old world's going, wondering if and when the church is going to close its doors, don't worry. The Bible said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God's work will always go on. Habakkuk 3.2 said, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. And that's what we need to pray. Because I do believe that America is facing a self-imposed judgment. Absolutely. You study the nation of Israel, and what, what makes America in particular so uniquely parallel to Israel is that when God founded Israel, He founded them based upon a covenant that He made with them. But when our founding fathers founded America, they founded America on a covenant that they made with God. So there's two nations. One, God made the covenant, which He cannot break because He can't lie. And one, men made a covenant. And because men dared make a covenant with God, God took them up on the offering. That's why we're as blessed as we are. But when men began to break that covenant, guess what? Those protections that are provided up under that covenant begin to dissipate. And we become judged by our own sins, by our, the breaking of our own covenant that we made with God. When we abandon our founding fathers and the documents upon this, which this land was established based on biblical principles, Amen, and I, I don't have time to get into all this because I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get to running rabbits right here. But let me tell you something. I know it wasn't a perfect document, but you find me another document that founded a nation that was any stronger than the Constitution besides the Bible for the nation of Israel. Amen. I believe it was certainly inspired to some degree. I'm not saying it, it was inspired like the Scripture, every word, but I do believe that them men prayed and asked God for direction and God gave them something. And they say, well, but them founding fathers were a bunch of racists and they owned slaves and all that. And they're trying to get you to discredit the quality of our founding documents. But you know what happened? Even the document itself corrected the problem of, of slavery in time. Amen. They wrote a document that they knew eventually, if implemented as written, would cause them to have to do away with slavery. But they wrote it anyway. We pre and that's kind of like the Bible. You know, we preach a truth that's higher than we are. Amen. Do you live up to every Sunday school lesson you ever taught? Hey, do you live up to every sermon you ever preached? No, but we got to preach it anyway because we're all held to the same standard, aren't we? Amen. We strive for it. Look, God has His Word as a standard for this nation and for you as an individual. And the bottom line is God's still doing a work even in the midst of the, a re wicked and rebellious and perverse generation. And we need not lose heart because of all the wickedness that we see going on. Amen. We need to re repent. That's a good old-fashioned word that needs to be preached often and loud. That means turn from your wicked ways. Amen. To repent is a change of heart towards God from your sin. And if you'll do that, you know what? God will begin to bless again. If this nation will repent, God will begin to bless this nation again. Amen? But here, here we see that God works in unstoppable 
providence in spite of all the problems that are going on. So in the midst of all these problems, God will make himself known and he will remember mercy. Oh, I'm glad that he's going to remember mercy, aren't you? And that's my prayer for this nation. That's my prayer for this country, this church, and this community, that in the midst of the sin and the chaos that we find ourselves in today, that in wrath, God would remember mercy and that he would send a reviving in the midst, right up in the middle of all our mess. Amen. I'm talking about a welcome to a work of God. I didn't make that announcement because I showed up and now we can get to moving because Gary called us here. That's not what this is about. You know, God had all this planned out for when any of us were even born. Amen. We're just trying to figure out where he's at and get on board. Amen. <laughs> this is bigger than us. But I want you to know something. God's up to something. God is up to something. Amen. So let me close this. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. All right. Whew, there's a lot in here. Verse 17. Although the fig tree... This, this is, by the way, this is Habakkuk's conclusion after all this. His frustrations, God responding. This is what he says. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. This is a picture of the results of the judgment of God on a nation that forgot God, right? Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fr the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. This is economic collapse, right? Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So you can either let it bother you, or you can keep praising God anyhow. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm not going to let this world and what's happening rob me of my joy in the Lord. That's the conclusion that Habakkuk come to. And that's the conclusion that you and, he, you and I need to come to. The saints of God still have reason to rejoice. The saints of God still have reason to get excited about what God's doing in the earth. He said, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hind's feet or like a, a doe's feet. Think swift and light. Amen. And he shall make me to walk upon mine high places. To the chief singer on my stringed instruments. He didn't hang up his harp in the willow tree and quit singing the Lord's song in a strange land. He said, I still got my harp out. I still got my music out. And by the way, if some of you quit singing in the choir, you need to get jump back up in the choir and start singing for the Lord again. Say amen, Miss Jane. Amen. All right. Amen. That's right. Don't quit singing for the Lord. Amen. I know the world's getting bad, but you don't have to go sour with it. Hello. Amen. I, uh, I like this illustration. You've probably heard this before, but a boat don't sink because of all the water around it. It only sinks when the water gets in it. When Noah was on that ark, that water was the judgment of God. Completely surrounded him. But because the Lord sealed it and shut it, that judgment those judging waters didn't get in that thing. And when God's pouring out His vials of wrath on a wicked and crooked and perverse nation because of them abandoning His Word and His principles, that judgment don't have to rest at your house. 
Think about the nation of Israel whenever they were in Egyptian bondage. Now, I know it'll affect you, don't get me wrong, but let me give you this illustration. They were over there and God sent utter darkness, but yet while Egypt was in utter darkness, light was on over there at the camp of the Israelites. I'm telling you, God showed Habakkuk that he can have a personal revival in spite of what's going on around him. And you don't have to let nobody, either the world or folk in the church that are religious and pious and out of sorts with God, you don't have to let any of them rob you of your joy. You can serve God, you can do it faithfully, you can do it with joy. Amen. You can let God be your strength. Amen. Listen, God works with unlikely people, unbelieving preachers, unruly places, unstoppable providence. But I want to ask you this question. What are you going to do? God ain't give up. I mean, God could have just walked away a long time ago and said, just whatever. Y'all just had this thing. I'm gone. But look what he did. Instead of abandoning us, leaving us abandoned in our sin, he came to where we was. He said, now I know this may not change the natural consequences of what sin has caused in your life, but I can give you a brand new future. And your past don't have to determine your destination. Amen. So you want to know, you know what God wants us to do? Just make the best of the days we have. Just make the best of the days you got. You want to do that by keeping your song. Keep singing for the Lord. Keep playing for the Lord. Keep serving the Lord. Well, it don't feel like it's making any difference. Are we trying to get men to notice us or do we want our Lord to notice See, when we realize who we're serving, you quit quitting because other people ain't responding. We don't have no permission to quit. You let God worry about who responds and who don't. How'd you like to have Jeremiah's ministry? He preached, I don't know how long. Some of you probably know the Bible better than I do in that text. How long did Jeremiah preach? Anybody know? It was a long time. No converts. Am I right? Look at Noah. Preached for, I guess, 120 years. All he could win was his family. And they probably just went along because daddy said to. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> My point is this. We can't quit because other people quit. We can't stop going to church because nobody else seems to be interested anymore. Right? Don't let that get into you. Whatever it is that robbed them of their joy and caused them to quit on God, don't, let, don't make the mistake of letting that happen to you. Strengthen the things that remain, the Bible says. Look, we've got something here. We've got something precious. We've got something worth fighting for. Amen. And we need to hold on to it. We need to pray that God will bless it and multiply it and grow it. But we're going to do that with an attitude of gratitude and joy and knowing that in spite of all the crazy out in the world, that God is still doing the work. Amen. So I, I, I just got to say, as for me and my house, we're just going to have to serve the Lord anyhow. And as for you and your house, you're going to have to do the same. Amen. And don't let it rob you of your joy and your zeal. Amen. And if that news depresses you, turn it off. And get in the Bible and let the Holy Spirit lift you up. Amen. Because you ain't going to change what they're going to do over in Washington, D.C. anyway. Amen. The only way you're going to change that, honey, is prayer. That's the only thing at this point I'm convinced they leave. Now, I'm not telling you not to vote. I mean, uh, if you want to vote, I encourage that. Amen. 
But at the end of the day, it's not a vote, obviously, that makes a difference anymore, right? It's, it's, it's a prayer. It's trusting God and believing God. Amen. And even if it goes wrong and everything goes haywire and we lose our freedoms, I don't. I hope that don't happen. But if the Lord don't come back, it looks like it's headed that way. I'm telling you, in spite of all that, you can't let it rob you of your joy and you can't let it rob you of your service to the Lord. Serve God anyway. Get back in the fight. Amen. Get on this altar and repent for backsliding. Make things right with the Lord and get back up and go for God and don't ever look back and let God be God in your life. Amen. It's time that we, the people of God, snap out of whatever spiritual coma we're in and get busy for God again because God's Word still works. Everybody shout amen. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.